Welcome to BG Mania, a video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Hey there, Level Down Gamers. Let's get the housekeeping out of the way real quick. BG Mania and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project. If you'd like to see it continue to grow and become something even bigger, consider supporting us through one or all of the affiliate links listed in the description of this podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us as it always does every single week. Uh, dude, I love this episode already. I did not think it'd be a good idea for an episode at first because I felt it was going to be so limited. I, but that's why, okay. I was, but I was so wrong. Yeah, I will say you were definitely wrong. I was wow, hoping. Brian. Wow. I was hoping this episode was going to be good. I wasn't anticipating it being as good as it's going to be. I one one thing I will say though, I love that this is why I like themed episodes because it limits us to a certain amount of games we can pick from. Radio hours, you know, we we have the entire spectrum of gaming to pick from. It's always going to be so diverse, so eclectic. It's always say that, but when we have a themed episode like Natsume. A Japanese company, publisher, and developer, smaller in nature, with only a certain amount of games that narrows us to only those games. And a lot of the tracks you're going to hear in today's episode may not have made it into a normal playlist for an episode. Like, there's some of these things that we're going to hear today, specifically my track coming up here in a few minutes, I would have never considered playing at all. But I found some interesting and some true hidden gems in the Natsume catalog. Like, I'm very intrigued and impressed, so much so that I have leftovers for a potential part two to this in the future. So I'm really impressed with uh, with Natsume's work, specifically a couple composers that are going to constantly show up throughout the episode today. Uh, One in particular that I want to dedicate an entire episode to in the future, like just his music because of how how amazing his stuff actually ended up being. So. Um, this episode is almost him, but there's so many other people I here about that five out of my eight are him. So. Uh, <laughs> not, not including the one you heard, though. Sure. Only two of mine are only two there of mine go. are only two of mine are him. So, uh, you know, seven out of the whatever number of tracks we're doing today um, are, are going to be the, the one composer. But I want to do an episode that's all tracks on him, all 16 tracks on him. So pretty cool, though. Uh, yeah, we're focusing on Natsume today. Obviously, if you missed last week, we put up a bonus episode for World of Warcraft Battle Battle for Azeroth. Go check that out. 16 tracks. Uh, Fantastic time. Epic music all around. Very, very cinematic feel to that episode because that's what Warcraft music really is. And then last week we had a Radio Hour Volume 14, which went up a day late because I put up the bonus episode on the day that the uh, podcast normally posts. So son of a gun. I I staggered it. I didn't want to put two episodes up in one day. So I put the Radio Hour up the next day. Uh, But I had to put the bonus episode up first because we talked about it on the um, Radio Hour. So. So I staggered that a little bit. But yeah, go check those two episodes out if you missed them. Otherwise, strap in for a fun time with some Natsume music going forward. That opening track, though, what was that? That was good. That that was from uh, the Wild Guns Reloaded. That was the uh, the remake of the 94 version. That was the 2016 version. Okay. Uh, composed by Hiroyuki Iwatsuki. You'll hear that name again, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you hear from me a little later on as well. Yeah, uh, I've, I've got him too on my list. He'll, he'll, he'll be the co-composer along with the person we mentioned earlier, who is my, my composer sometimes over. Yeah. Uh, I love Wild Guns. I love, did you ever play Wild Guns when it was on Super Nintendo? I did on Super Nintendo, yeah. Yep. Um, and the remake, I got it on PS4. Yeah, I, I I passed on the remake, but I did play the original. It's a it's a steampunk western shoot 'em up game. It just 
it's arcade style. It's everything I wanted more. But mm. this song, I, I went through the whole catalog of songs. This one here had the the, the whistling and the yeah, the very very wild west feel a little bit. Very you know, oh man, just like, very, like, like, like 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 you're on a wagon train. Yeah, just, like you're going down the Oregon Trail, whistling along, like just super cool. Really, very 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 wild wild west aesthetic going on here. Uh, one thing I pulled up uh, for every game that we have, I, I related it to how it's related to Natsume. So Wild Guns Reloaded was developed and published by Natsume back on the Super Nintendo. So yes. I, I wanted to I wanted to mention how every track we picked okay. relates to Natsume. I have all of all of them for years as well, so don't worry. But uh, good job, Brian, because yeah. I did not pull that stuff. No, I didn't tell you to. That's why I pulled it for My you. My man. Um, but uh, I, I just did that for myself last night while I was putting together the, the playlist of how I wanted to do my order. So I just stuck it in there for years as well. But no, super cool pick, uh, Desolation Canyon. Like I said, it, and it does have that desolate feel to it as well. You know, kind of, yeah. you know, you, you feel that sense of loneliness almost. So I don't know. I really like that a lot. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Hiroyuki Iwatsuke did a good job on that one. But we'll go ahead and kick it to my first track that I mentioned a few minutes ago. A game that I probably never would have picked from had it not been on this Natsume episode. So let's take a listen to Music One. It's the name of this track. Music One. From the Jetsons, Cogswell's Caper. One from the Jetsons Cogswell's Caper, composed by Iku Mizutani and Kazuko Umino. I'm gonna say Umino, um, guy and girl composer, uh, released on the NES December 1992. And this was developed by Natsume. Iku Mizutani is the, the composer we are talking about at the start oh, yes. of the show, who, whose name you're going to hear often through uh, throughout this episode and so much so that I decided to stick him on the short list of composers I want to do a deep dive into um, at some point in the future. Uh, he's, he's definitely going to make the list because he's he dude, he's, he does good work. Uh, obviously, I don't know exactly what he was responsible for in this track or what Kazuko Umino was responsible for. Uh, she may have been doing certain things. He obviously was doing certain things, but either way, fantastic track. Absolutely love this. Very upbeat, very NES, very joyful. Uh, love the love the way that they did this track. It's very cool. I like it a lot. I mean, I'm going to put it not go too deep because we have a lot of uh, Mizutani facts to give you along the way. Yeah. But I love this dude. Mm -hmm. That's my dude. Yeah, it's um, good stuff. But yeah, I, I was telling Brian, actually, I, I played the Jetsons Cogswell Capers. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have not. I have not played this game. Uh, for, for my retro gaming fans out there, this is one of the uh, title games that came out in the late 
uh, in the cycle. So a loose copy of this cartridge only goes for about 150 bucks as of time of the recording, <laughs> which is absurd. Um, this is absurd. Uh, but it's a fun game, very colorful, makes the best use out of the NES's uh, capabilities. Okay. Uh, I would recommend checking it out. But let, let, let me go to a game that I've actually never played, but I do want to play. Okay. I am a Dungeons & Dragons fan. This is from Dungeons & Dragons, Heroes of the Lance. This is the Zach Sarath theme number one. <laughs> Zach's Syroth theme from Dungeons and Dragons Heroes of the Lance. Mm -hmm. Again, composed by Ikumuzutani. Um, he was responsible for a lot of the Natsume songs. Yeah, yeah, he really was. He really was. Uh, and that one was also developed by Natsume. So that's funny. Most of yours were actually developed. Most of mine were published. Most of yours were developed. So I kind of like how we did that. Yeah, it seems like I skewed more towards the NES. So I don't know how you did. I have a lot of retro. We have a lot of retro on this episode. Yeah, this is very their retro music's way better than their more current stuff, especially because they don't really make too much stuff anymore. And, you know, the Harvest Moon crappy versions now that they, they, just, they just no. Yeah, man, uh, I've yet to play a lot of the Dungeons and Dragons games. There's quite a few. I, there are a lot of them. Um, and I actually the guy who owns a video game store has a nice whole wall of them. and He's constantly trying to get me to buy them. Um, and when I have more money, he's going to trick me into it one of these days. How much does he sell them for? All the same prices that you'd expect. They're, oh, okay. they're, so they're not cheap. They run a pretty penny, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I will play them, and I will defeat them, for I'm <laughs> the greatest Dungeons and Dragons player in the land. You say that, but you're not. You have to, you have to fake it to you and make it, Brian. That's how it works. I know. I know. Um, good piece of music, though. Again, Iku Mizutani really showing his chops and really showing what he can do there. Very, a fun melody in that one. I like that one a lot. Very catchy beat. Uh, dude, just good. And uh, again, a game I never would have even anticipated playing a track from ever. It's true. Yeah. So we, when, we have, when we have to revisit this concept uh, again soon. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there, there actually is a, an idea that I'm I have. Sure, sure for, yeah, no, of course there is. There's an idea that that, that could incorporate some uh, some Dungeons and Dragons music into into the episode. Yes. So pretty cool. But uh, just a, again, a great piece of music. Really, really catchy, really fun. But I mentioned Harvest Moon. So obviously Natsume is most known for the original good Harvest Moon games when they were still working with Marvelous before Marvelous broke off and, you know, then they started getting published by Xseed and now they're Story of Seasons and Story of Seasons is the real Harvest Moon franchise, whereas the Harvest Moon franchise and name getting released on, like, the Switch and the PC now is a bastardized version of Harvest Moon. It's not really the same team. Same team is working on Story of Seasons. 
Yes. But that doesn't change the fact that the original handful of Harvest Moon games were fantastic. So I want to take it all the way back to the original Harvest Moon on the Super Nintendo. Let's take a listen to Star Night Festival. Star Night Festival from Harvest Moon on the Super Nintendo, composed by Suyoshi Tanaka. Crazy that this was released in June 1997. Was it that late in the list? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, and it was published by Natsume here in North America. But yeah, this was released that late into the life cycle of the Super Nintendo. So late, in fact, that the Nintendo 64 was almost getting ready to celebrate its one year anniversary. All right, I haven't played this game in 20 years. Me too. Uh, actually, well, more than and, that. And, I haven't and, played. And, this, I haven't played this game since '97. Actually, so 21 years for me. So 20 years, and the second you play that song, mm -hmm. uh, you, you, freaked you, out. you freaked out. You freaked but, out. You freaked out. I was like, I, I lit up. I was like, oh my god! Yeah. Like, it yeah. took me right back. Yeah, the Star Night Festival, perhaps one of my. What really made me fall in love with Harvest Moon on the Super Nintendo, and it was a late pickup for me, obviously. I, I, I was seeing this game on Nintendo Power and decided to buy it on the Super Nintendo, even though I was already playing Mario 64 and games, you know, on, on the Nintendo 64 that were much better in nature. And Harvest Moon 64 would be right around the corner. But I decided to pick this up on the Super Nintendo because of the festivals that were in the game and the relationship building that you could do in the game, which is something that Nintendo Power often talked about for, the, for Harvest Moon. And I wanted to experience that. It's what, you know, it's what really caught my eye about Animal Crossing or what, as it was called Animal Forest on the Nintendo 64 when that was showing up in Nintendo Power, what really, you know, helped drive my love of Animal Crossing. So I, I the, the Star Night Festival is perhaps my favorite festival in the original Harvest Moon, which is why I wanted to pick this track. Very, again, a very catchy melody composed by Suyoshi Tanaka. Um, I love when it gets fast and you can just hear the piano keys. Da, 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 like just when, when I kick into that portion there of the song, it's so good. Uh, and yeah, very, very reminiscent just childhood memories of, you know, being an 11 year old kid sitting there playing Harvest Moon and just tended to my farm, dude. Keeping my animals happy, living a life, going to the Star Night Festival. Good times. Good times indeed. Speaking of uh, being an 11 year old child, how about mm -hmm. something that came out when I was an 11 year old boy? There you go. There you go. All right. You know what time it is, Brian? 
go, 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 Power Rangers! <laughs> uh, from the Super Nintendo Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game, this is The Sewer. That was the sewer from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, composed by, you're not going to guess it, Iku Mizutani, also with Kanuyo Yamashita. Yeah, I was going to say, I had uh, I had her on there as well as, as someone who, uh, who, helped, who helped out with this track, so. Um, I remember liking this game, actually. No, I played the crap out of this game. I really like this game. Uh... This is this is what this is one of the better games uh, for Super Nintendo. This is, this is towards the end of its uh, life cycle as well, if I'm not mistaken. It is, it is. Yeah, uh, released in 1994, so not as not as late as Harvest Moon, but no. uh, but definitely on the later tail end. And this was developed once again by Natsume. Like I said, most of your tracks were developed by, so my, most of mine were published by. Well, they're a good developer. They are a good developer, or well, they were a good developer. Not so much anymore. They're coming back. No, they're not. <laughs> No, they're not. There's a, there's a reason we skewed so retro on this episode. Yeah, heard it here first. Um, Pretty cool. They did. And last, apparently, because I lied. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Jimmy, like, just... I, I distinctly remember that the area. It, it was um under the ground. It was in the sewer. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we played a track from the SNES version of Power Rangers in the past as well. I played the cave. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember you playing the cave before. So, uh, I forget... I think you may have just done that in a radio hour. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure what theme episode you would have put that into. I think it was radio hour, actually. Now that I think about it, it had, it had to be. Yeah, but uh, just I, I remember that track, and then hearing the sewer, I just they don't sound similar, but you can definitely tell they're from the same game, from the same composer. Um, the instrumentation that Mizutani uses is is very very unique when it comes to Power Rangers and Kanuyo Yamashita. Uh, she is another composer that worked a lot with uh, with Natsume games, but uh, she she in particular seems to be skewed also towards the Power Rangers franchise because I saw her name pop up a few times. I actually could have sworn that she actually worked on the full composition of the movie as well. She may have. That's what I'm saying. I saw her name pop up quite a few quite often when looking at Power Ranger stuff. So uh, she she might have actually worked on the movie. So she she definitely cool. is a powerhouse of a composer as well. But speaking of, let's go and move into my next track. We're going to go back to the Nintendo Entertainment System. We're going to take a listen to Sector 2 from Power Blade. Mm-hmm. 
And that was Sector 2 from Power Blade, composed by Kinoyo Yamashita, the girl we just talked about from your track, who helped out uh, Iku Mizutani with the Power Rangers one. Uh, released on the Nintendo Entertainment System March 1991, developed by Natsume. One of the only ones that actually have that was developed by Natsume. Uh, great, great, great piece of music, dude. Um, you actually had mentioned that you, this was uh, one that you almost picked as well. You did. Uh, it sounds so much like Mega Man. Like, this this sounds so much like Mega Man. Uh, very, very, very good track. Very fun track. Very joyful track. I love this music, dude. And Power Blade has good music in general. Like, I was listening to the soundtracks to both Power Blade and Power Blade 2. I just happened to settle on Sector 2 just because of how fun that track felt. Really liked it a lot. Uh, it really is. It, you nailed it. It was a fun track. Mm-hmm. Uh, very Mega Man-y. But let's go to another fun track. Okay. This is from Nicktoons. Battle for Volcano Island. This is the final battle. For Volcano Island from Nicktoons, the final battle. Mm-hmm. The, D- the the DS version. The DS version, yes. Which is the only version that Natsume actually had a hand in. They had a lot of handheld stuff. They did, yeah. They developed it uh, on the DS. Uh, that was composed by Stefan Schutze. Yeah, yeah. I found that too. The only, uh, I think the only English composer we have on the show today. Uh, German. He has umlauts over his U. Still... English to an extent. No, he's German. What if it's Steven? Well, if it's Steven Schutze, uh, then uh, Pip Pip Jolly O. <laughs> I'm all about rot, mate. Yeah, exactly. Fun piece of music there, though. It was fun. A uh, little epic, little. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a play on words because you said it was going to be a fun track. Yeah. Fun piece of music, right? Yeah, it was fun. It was epic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a game that I have never played because. I stepped away from Nicktoons somewhere around Rugrats. Yeah. Yeah, that probably was the last era that I watched, like, actual cartoons on Nickelodeon as well. Rugrats, Doug, um, Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life, that era of of Nicktoons is where it was probably the last era that I watched. Um, Rugrats is coming back. Soon. They're coming back. I'm going to watch it, too. Uh, although the, the images that I saw, they're going for the more CGI style, it seems now. So 
it's not going to have that same feel to it, which I think is the same thing they're doing with like a lot of the Nick Jr. shows they're rebooting, like Blue's Clues. I think they're going that CGI style as opposed to the way that they had it before, like the very animated well, that's art. That show went straight into shitter after Steve left for college. It did. It did. Joe was okay. <laughs> Joe was okay. But the show quickly went downhill after they did the whole live action stuff. Like yeah. that, that that's when the that's when stuff started going really really south. But have a little bit of a uh, surprise for the episode. Ooh. A little bit of a surprise. We don't have 16 tracks. We have 18 tracks on today's episode. That's why I skated around the uh, skated around the number of tracks we had earlier. Okay. Jessica has picked two tracks for this episode. Sweet. Yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and kick it to her first submission for the Natsume episode. From Rune Factory 3, this is the town theme day version. was the town theme day version from Rune Factory 3, picked by Jessica, uh, composed by the Rune Factory series composer Tomoko Morita. She's done all the music for Rune Factory. This was released on the Nintendo DS, much like your previous track, on November 9th, 2010, and it was published by Natsume here in North America. And her, fa- her father, Pat Morita, was actually Mr. Biagi in the, the Karate Kid movie. I don't think that's true, but... No, he was. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Pat Marina is absolutely 100% Mr. Miyagi. Yes, that is true. Yes, that is true. Is that her father? Probably not. Oh. Probably, probably not. But uh, yeah, no, I obviously when I told Jessica we were doing the Natsumi episode, she wanted to pick two tracks for it because she wanted to have one from Rune Factory 3 and one from Rune Factory 4. So we'll have the uh, Rune Factory 4 track a little bit later before we close out the episode. Um, good piece of music though, the town theme. Uh, really melodic, really slow. Um, definitely, you remember the town episode theme that we did? Yes, I did. Uh, I want to do a part two to that eventually in the future because there's a lot of town themes that I have since found that I think are better than the versions we played in the first episode. So maybe we expand and we do city themes. Maybe, maybe eventually we will do that. Or we could, uh, we can incorporate, well, I guess we can go bigger and go to counties if you really want to. <laughs> no, no, no. 
No, no. I, I was just thinking. I think uh, cities would be in the, under the same umbrella as towns. I was, that, just, I was just being a journalist. No, I know, I know. Just being stupid, like like stupid Frank normally is. But uh, wow, Brian. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, no. So I think I want to do a part two to the town theme episode. I've been actually, you know, I always talk about the playlist I have on YouTube. I uh, I think that I, I've been saving a lot of. I think I have like seventy or eighty tracks saved in a in a future slash random playlist on YouTube where I put episode ideas or you know if i'm listening to a soundtrack like i'm about to kick to a game i listened to the entire soundtrack this past week amazing soundtrack like 70 80 tracks i found probably 30 or 40 tracks on the soundtrack that could potentially fit in a potential themed episode in the future and i saved them all so let's go and kick to that track and i'll get back to it from lufia 2 rise of the sinistrals which i have played a track from before in one of our very first episodes i played the summer theme from that from that game because that was in our summer themed game episode this track is called rumbling was rumbling from Lufia to Rise of the Sinistrals, composed by Yasunori Shiono uh, on the Super Nintendo, May 1996 release. And this was published by Natsume here in North America. Uh, obviously, the, the lesser known Yasunori, the, the more popular one being Yasunori Mitsuda. But uh, Yasunori Shiono has done a lot of great things as well, including Lufia 2's entire soundtrack, Again, we've played music for this game in the past, but expect to hear this a lot more in the future because as I've now listened to the entire thing, I fell in love with the soundtrack and I forgot how great the soundtrack actually is. It's very diverse. There's so many different uh, themes that you could get from this soundtrack, different sounds, different... Dude, Yasunori Shiona did a fantastic job on the soundtrack. It's like this piece here, beautiful, but it builds up to like... This is one of the early... And I've played this game to completion back on the Super Nintendo. Um, but, you know, this is plays at the early portion of the game, and it's kind of like building up to this grand adventure you're about to go on, 
Lufia 2, one of the better JRPGs on the Super Nintendo. Right up there with Final Fantasy 4 and Final Fantasy 6. Uh, right up there with A Link to the Past. Right up there with Earthbound. Like, right up there with Chrono Trigger. Lufia 2 is a gem that a lot of people don't actually know about. And if they do, they may not have either played it or they skipped it. And that's a shame. Like, this game definitely deserves to be played. Uh, great soundtrack, though, since we're talking about the music here. And I'm just, again, I just, I'm glad that I, this show allows me to rediscover music that I would for, have forgotten about. And again, specifically because of the themed episode, I was able to rediscover my love for the for the Lufia 2 soundtrack. And now I have a crap ton of tracks saved in my YouTube playlist for future episodes that I could easily put into a themed episode in the future if we do a themed episode based off of that track. So I don't know, man, it's it's, it's pretty cool. I, I like it a lot. It's good stuff. You heard it here first. Brian's doing an entire Lufia episode. Make I it so. could, but I won't. He's doing it by himself because I have no idea what a Lufia is. I think it's a uh, that sponge on the stick that I used to wash my back with. No, that's a Lufa. Oh. Man, we did that joke during the summer, summer themed episode. You, you, you use the same jokes all the time. Brian, I got like three things I know. You're one dimensional. Uh, yes, I am. OK, it's, the, it's, it's a pirate who eats a special gum fruit. OK. <laughs> Okay. I know anime as well. Um, speaking of something based on anime. Sure. This is Battle Theme number three. Hey, you said Theme 2. Theme, see? Yeah, I, I, I did that a few weeks ago. Battle Theme number three from Metabots RPG. Battle theme number three from Metabots RPG, composed by Iko Mizutani. Yeah. Uh, he often chugs a gallon of milk. That's me. Oh wait, that's Brian. That's me, sitting here drinking a gallon of milk as we record. Parched, dude. It's hot outside. It's like ninety something. Because that's what I drink on a hot summer's day. Is yeah, some milk. nice cold freaking milk, dude. It's good stuff. Builds a strong body and big bones. Yeah. I got a big bone for you right here, Brian. <laughs> um, I've never played this. Have you? Uh, no, 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 no. It's a Japanese RPG. Well, yeah, but it did. It did release here on the Game Boy Advance. It, it, it did. Yeah. March 31st, 2003 was the actual release here and uh, developed by Natsume. I know this is based off of a, an anime, like you said, but I never even watched the Metabots anime. Have you? No. It looks very much like a poor man's Mega Man. 
I could see that, I guess. Yeah, I could see that. I wouldn't. Maybe mixed with a little Digimon. I wouldn't be. I think Digimon is probably closer than Mega Man. I, I wouldn't be opposed to watching this. I definitely wouldn't mind checking it out. I've just never. It's something that I really don't even know about that much. Like, I, I don't know anything about Metabox for the most part. So uh, I do know that there was a game on the GameCube. I remember seeing it on a store shelf, but uh, there was definitely a Metabots on the GameCube as well. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I know about the Metabots franchise. But it doesn't take away from the music, though. The battle theme is really cool. Uh, I like it a lot. It's good stuff. Siku Mizutani, man! It's Mizutani! Is it Mizutani swagger? You know, it's... Yeah, he's definitely uh, definitely becoming a pretty... I don't know, man. Like, I, I really like what he's done, and I really like his work, and that's why I want to explore it more, see what else there is that he's done within Natsume, because not everything Natsume did, he's on, so there's certain things that he's a part of with Natsume that, you know, we probably didn't pick from. But at the same time, I want to explore his catalog outside of Natsume and see what else he's done in the industry. So that's why I'm going to we'll put do, him on the uh, we'll list. Do, we'll, do a, we'll, we'll do a deep dive. We'll taste his rainbow. We'll see what's going on. Yeah, well, we'll do a deep dive into uh, Ikumizutani sometime in the next few years, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll explore his catalog even further. But I'm going to go to a rare, obscure little PlayStation 2 game now. Let's go take a listen to a BGM8. Literally, the name of the track is BGM8 from River King, A Wonderful Journey. was BGM8 from River King, A Wonderful Journey, released on PlayStation 2, March 28th, 2006, well into the PS2's life cycle after the, um, after the 360 was already on the market and right before the PS3 was about to enter the market. Published by Natsume here in North America. The only track on today's episode I could not find a composer for. It's nowhere. It was Iku Mizutani. It wasn't. It wasn't, because if it was him, it would have been listed under his works. But uh, this this game, any of the River King games in general, and like not just this one in particular, but any of the River King games, because there's several in this franchise, none of them are listed on BGMDB. None of them are listed on the other website I use for video game credits. None of them are listed on Wikipedia for any credits. I have a copy of this game. I went upstairs. I hooked up my PS2. I put this in. I was going to go to the credits and like try to just watch the credits to find the composer. No credits in this game. There's no credits in this game. So I have no idea who worked on this game at all. 
Whoever you are, we thank you. Yeah, it's a fun, little, upbeat, joyous piece of music. You know what? It feels very a Nintendo to me. This track feels very Nintendo. Like, I, I don't know, man. I get, like, I get Mario and Mario Kart vibes from this track. Okay, I can hear that. Yeah, like, I just, yeah, I just, I, I just, what I hear when I listen to this music. Uh, and that's the entire River King soundtrack in general. But this, this track in particular, it's the reason I picked this one. I think it's the strongest one on this particular soundtrack. But I don't know, just, I get strong Nintendo vibes from it. So, I don't know. Speaking of Nintendo. Sure. All, all three, all three tracks you left, I think you have, are all from the NES, actually. They are. Mm-hmm. Uh, another classic by Mr. Iku Mizutani. Okay. This is the final area from Shatterhand. That was the final area from Shatterhead. So freaking good. So good. I, I'm sorry. I mean, that was Fearless Vampire Killer from <laughs> Castlevania. Yeah, that, that that track is so Castlevania, dude. I, I love everything about it. I love Which everything makes, about it. It makes sense because uh, Iku Mizutani actually did work on Castlevania in the sound department. So, yeah, uh, I have another composer for that track, too, though. Do you have that one as so, well? I, I okay, okay. Hiroyuki. Watsuki. Yeah, I have both of them working on that track together. Although I'm giving full credit to Iku Mizutani. No, not. <laughs> Developed by Natsume. So Shatterhand. Uh, dude, it's a game that I've not played, but it's a really? game that, Yeah, it's a game that I do want to go back and play now that I've heard the soundtrack. It's a good game. I, uh, had, a, I, I had a pick from this game on my list, and then when you submitted yours, I was like, cool, I could put another game in. I took Shatterhand off of my list. I had a different track, but... Uh, freaking fantastic piece of music you can say that for radio hour yeah maybe one day maybe the iku mizutani episode there you go yeah now shatterhand is one of the original games i had on the nes oh nice okay cool so it holds a special place right here where it was over here wherever my heart is right about here well it's definitely not up in your neck which is where you were just pointing out two seconds ago. So, so, somewhere in this general vicinity. On this, <laughs> it's on this side. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, though, that's just, like you can't shake the Castlevania vibe from that soundtrack or from that piece of music. It's just so good. I freaking love it. It's so good. Wow, we're getting down to the end here. You have another Jessica pick for me? Uh, soon, actually, soon. We'll get there. We'll get to her soon. We're only on track 13 of 18. We still have quite a few to go. Oh, my God. So we still have quite a few to go. We still have uh, six tracks left. So, let's kick it to another franchise that I feel has been underrepresented here on the Natsume episode. Let's go back to Harvest Moon. And this time, let's take a look at Harvest Moon, Friends of Mineral Town. This track is Mineral Town.
That was Mineral Town from Harvest Moon, Friends of Mineral Town, composed by Ai Yamashita, released on the Game Boy Advance November 17th, 2003, published by Natsume here in North America. Ai Yamashita, man, she uh, she did some good stuff with the Mineral Town soundtrack. Uh, listen to this whole thing. Definite callbacks to the Harvest Moon SNES soundtrack because there's a lot of festivals that that share names on the two and I was listening to them side by side and you can definitely hear how she could have got inspiration from one to, you know, to work on the Mineral Town soundtrack. But in terms of like popularity in the in the Harvest Moon games, I feel like Mineral Town is definitely either top. It's definitely top five, but I could say it's maybe even top three with Harvest Moon SNES being Number one or two for most people. Uh, Harvest Moon Save the Homeland on PlayStation 2 being number one or two for most people. And then Mineral Town being the the third most popular one for for most people. Uh, Harvest Moon 64 also would be somewhere top five. And uh, I actually don't know what the the fifth one would be. Those are the the four most popular ones in my opinion. So uh, I don't know. Maybe more Friends of Mineral Town, which was the girl version of Harvest Moon. Friends of Mineral Town. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? But yeah. Fantastic soundtrack, fantastic game. Ayamashita, uh, she's a fun track, peppy track. I like it a lot. So uh, let's kick it back to you. I'm trying to come up with a clever segue, but I can't. For I'm standing in the shadow of a. This is a great track. Ah, oh, okay. Wait. That's a that's a, stage... that, that's a bad transition when you have to force it yourself. I, I had to. Uh, <laughs> this is stage one from Shadow of the Ninja. That was stage one from Shadow of the Ninja. Yeah. Um, composed by. No, I'm not gonna make the joke. I'm not gonna make the joke. Uh, no, don't make the joke. Izu Mizutani. Yeah, Iku Mizutani. And Koichi Yamanishi. Yeah. Yamanishi. Yeah, Koichi Yamanishi. Yep. Uh, who also did Dragon Fighter. Yeah. Which is another Natsume game. <laughs> yeah. 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 I actually looked at that soundtrack. So. Uh, this one was both developed and published by Natsume. This is a fantastic game, Shadow of the Ninja. This is a good game. I played yes. this one. Yeah, I've played this one. And another track where Iku Mizutani is showing off his work over with Konami in Castlevania. Like, dude, 
come on. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> so almost good. blatantly obvious on this one. It doesn't matter because it's so good. Oh, I, I, you don't hear me complaining. It's no. just very obvious. Yeah, it's so good. I love it so much. Fantastic music, man. Fantastic pick. And this is funny because we actually crossed over. We, we crossed over on Shadowhand. I had a pick from Shadowhand as well, but it was a different pick. We crossed over with Shadow of the Ninja. I had the same track you did here, Stage 1. We also crossed over on our last one that we have here that coming up. But again, it was a different track from that game, the, the one that you picked. But, um... Dude, stage one, it's its definitely the best track on the soundtrack. It really, it really is. Uh, but there was a lot of good tracks there. But there say, is. There is. This is definitely the strongest, though. It's very, very good. Um, I just, again, I, I i feel like this feels way more like Castlevania than, than Shatterhand does. Shatterhand, you get that a little bit. Uh, the soundtrack to Shadow of the Ninja very much is, you can tell it's, it's like a spiritual successor to some of the music you heard in Castlevania on the NES. I found a game and a track that I've not played. I kind of want to play this game now, though. So we'll talk about it when we come back. The game is Cleopatra Fortune. The track, Arcade Mode, otherwise known as the Shining Queen. was Arcade Mode, otherwise known as the Shining Queen, from Cleopatra Fortune, composed by Shuichiro Nakazawa. This was released in arcades over in Japan in September 1996. In terms of a release here in North America, it would eventually find its way to the PlayStation 1 in September 2003 in North America. And this was developed by Natsume. It's a Tetris type of a game. So you have falling blocks and your matching patterns to clear the blocks. It's a Tetris game. It's a Tetris clone for the most part, but it has an Egyptian aesthetic to it, which is where the name Cleopatra Fortune comes from, featuring cute little anime characters dressed up as pharaohs and stuff. So I don't know. It's pretty neat. I, I kind of want to play this game. So, but a very, uh, very funky, very rockin' type of a soundtrack. Uh, I, I like what uh, Shuichiro Nakazawa was able to do with this and, you know, just the the, 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 the the funky and the jazzy type elements that he was able to incorporate into the music. I like it a lot. So I, I like when, I, again, just another game where I never would have considered picking something from had it not been for the Natsume-themed episode. So uh, I, I really like how I was able to find a game I've never heard of and music that I never would have discovered, but then find a piece of music, like pieces of music that are awesome. So pretty cool. But before we kick it back to you, I think we should kick it to Jessica's last pick for today because we're down to our last three. So we'll do hers All and right. then we'll do our last two. So we're going to go to Rune Factory 4 this time. The sequel to Rune Factory 3. 
This track is Obsidian Mansion. And that was Obsidian Mansion from Rune Factory 4, again composed by series composer Tomoko Morita, released on the Nintendo 3DS October 1st, 2013, and Natsume assisted in publishing this game over in Japan. So that's how they're involved with this one. Um, this is the initial game that introduced Jessica to the Rune Factory franchise. I actually bought this for her for Christmas in 2013, and uh, she had never played it before, obviously. She didn't even know what it was. Didn't even think she was going to like it. But she started playing it, and this instantly became her favorite game of all time. So. I would like to issue uh, a retraction. Huh. Um, Pat Morita's children are Allie, Tia, and Erin Morita. <laughs> you don't say. Not Tomoko? Well, now you know. Now you know. Uh, yeah, no, but she she was actually talking to me about this track and wondering if she should save it for a Halloween type of episode or like, you know, like an October episode. But I told her just to play it. It's a fun track. It's a nice track. I like stuff like this. Very Haunted Mansion-esque. So it's cool. I like it a lot. Very cool. Besides, it's, it's September now, which means that October is right around the corner. So, yeah, people are freaking out on, on social media, getting ready. You see the pumpkins dancing already. You see the costumes, the skeletons. Spirit Halloween stores are already starting to open. The pumpkin spice latte is flowing. Pumpkin spice latte was is back, dude. It's already out. Yes. Like people brought it back super early this year. It's ridiculous. It was like the third week of August. You were able to get it again. Um, and I dude, I start working at the haunted house next week. So the haunted house is already opening again. So uh, busy times in store for me in the future for the next couple months. But hey, I'm always busy. So what's the matter? Brian, Brian, you make some time to play some games. Though, OK, OK, I'll do that as soon as you do. <laughs> I'd play way more games than you do. 119 games in my backlog. I have at least 19 games in my backlog. Um, <laughs> wow, yep. it's my last pick for the for the episode. Yeah, your last one. I just, you know, what? I'm just gonna take the last the last two picks for myself. This nah, way, no, 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 no. You just get one. All right, all right then. I'll save 
my best for last. I'm just kidding. Best game earlier. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say I think Shadow Shadow the Ninja might have been your best pick. I don't know. That's pretty much of a douche thing to say, Ryan, since you picked that track as well. I know. <laughs> From Abadox on the NES, this is stage two. was stage two from Abadox, another NES classic. This one composed by Kirohiro Sada, mm-hmm. who also composed the music for Contra, which you can definitely hear now that I mentioned it to you. Yeah, when you when you said that to me when we were listening to it, uh, I, I didn't initially know that, but as soon as you said it, I could easily hear the, the influences from Contra for sure. Just like you could hear the influences from Castlevania with Iku Mizutani, so... You can clearly tell uh, when these composers are, you know, more famous for one franchise over another. The the influences are unmistakable. So, uh, ga- another game I haven't played. So, have you? Have why you not? This one? Why not, Brian? It's obvious. NES Classic. I don't really. Is it on the actually, NES? Is it on the NES actually, Classic? It's not on the NES Classic. Then it's not an NES Classic, is it? But uh, no, a good piece of music though. Uh, really fun. But we'll go ahead. I I feel like I saved potentially the best track we're going to hear on today's episode for last and we're going to move we're going to close things we're gonna out play, we're going to play my first track over again no 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 if we were playing your best it would be stage one from shadow of the ninja but we're going to close things out with the super nintendo we're going to close it out with the 16-bit era and we're going to go to a game titled ninja warriors which is a fantastic game but when I was doing the research on the game and the soundtrack for this episode, I didn't realize how high people regarded this game on the Super Nintendo. This is a game that I played. I rented it from the local video store when I was a child. Uh, it released in March or April of 1994. The actual release date is unconfirmed, but it was sometime in March or April of 1994. Developed by Natsume, composed by Hiroyuki Awatsuki. And... Um, a lot of people were saying that Ninja Warriors has one of the best soundtracks on the Super Nintendo in general. And oh, wow. after listening to the soundtrack, I am inclined to agree with these with these sentiments. Uh, do, do I think it's the absolute best? Absolutely not. But um, that would probably be linked to the past or Chrono Trigger for, for one of the two best soundtracks on the Super Nintendo. But in terms of an amazing soundtrack on the SNES, yeah, Ninja Warriors has a fantastic one. I just remember this being such a fun game with a rockin' soundtrack. And again, it's, it's a game that I thought was more obscure, but it turns out it's not. A lot of people actually hold this one in high regard. So it was kind of neat to find that out. Uh, the name of the track we're going to be closing out the episode with is called Headquarter. 
which is one of the opening tracks that you hear in the game, obviously, when you're finding out your your missions as a ninja and what you're going to be doing when you're back at the headquarter. This is the, tr the track that plays. So, um, yeah, I, I've saved a few other tracks from this game as well for future usage, but uh, was really impressed by what I found in the soundtrack and with this game in general. So it's pretty cool. Really, really cool. And again, it's composed by Hiroyuki Awatsuki, who is a name that we've heard a few times in this episode. He's one of the, uh, not, I wouldn't say he's the main Natsume composer. Again, that's probably Aiku Mizutani, but uh, he, he worked with Mizutani a lot and even had some some solo credits on his own, Just like Ninja Warriors. So, But uh, unfortunately, that's going to bring us to the close of the episode today, unless you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we got out of here. Uh, no, I love each and every one of you, and I, I love your continued support. Uh, keep on doing what you're doing and send us tracks. BG Mania at leveldowngames.com. Absolutely. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Remember to submit those tracks, ideas, and request your future episodes to BG Mania at leveldowngames.com, like Frank just mentioned, especially for that thankful episode. I will say we got one. We got one. We're, we're up to one so far. So we're we halfway have, there. We are, well, we are one sixteenth of the way there. <laughs> uh, Definitely submit more, obviously, for our bonus episode this November, November 22nd uh, on Thanksgiving. We're going to have a thankful episode dedicated to you, the fan, the listener, our our support system, our everything. You're our rock, our reason to be. <laughs> You're the reason in my life. <laughs> You're the inspiration. <laughs> Regardless of where you're enjoying this content, be sure to share your support by leaving a review. And if you aren't already, subscribe on YouTube. Remember, reviews on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher help boost us up in terms of search results. So when people look for video game podcasts, video I'm sorry, video game music podcasts, BG Mania shows up. We get more listeners. We get more listeners every week, but uh, I, I would like to obviously expand our audience and, and bring in as many people as we can so that we can There's share. more family members yeah, here in the Level Down Games we family. We can share our love of video game music with as many people as possible. So leave us reviews. It definitely helps us out. And if you listen to our other content like Max Level, uh, revisiting the classics, leave us reviews there too because we don't get enough on those ones. We get some on BG Mania, but we don't get enough on the other shows. So check them out. Um, also remember, subscribe on YouTube. You can also follow us over at twitch.tv slash games for all the live streams and events coverage and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you want to follow us across social media. Check that description box for the appropriate links. Next week, we're going to be dedicating an entire episode to Animal Crossing on the GameCube and Animal Crossing Wild World on the Nintendo DS. So we're going to focus on two games. We'll have eight tracks apiece, eight from me, eight from Frank. We can pick as many as we want from one game, as many from one from the other. Uh, we can have six from one, two of the other. How It doesn't matter how you do it. You just have to just focus on those two games. I'm probably going to split it evenly, four and four, but uh, you don't have to. You can do whatever you want. But we're going to be focusing the entire episode on Animal Crossing on the GameCube and Animal Crossing Wild World on the Nintendo DS. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Headquarter from Ninja Warriors, again composed by Hiroyuki Awatsuki. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.